Welcome to another edition of Keith Crosby Out of My Mind. This time, Mark and I talk about avoiding persecution. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Keith Crosby Out of My Mind, podcast 048, podcast 48, where today we have a biblical conversation about the crazy world in which we live. So join us over the next 20 minutes or so as we give you a bird's eye view perspective of a complex issue confronting the church, the culture, and you as we apply God's word to make sense of it all. And at the end of the podcast, as always, we'll point you to additional resources just in case you'd like to dig a little bit deeper. So in the meantime, let's get started. All right, Keith, uh, avoiding persecution. I find this is a very interesting topic considering the fact that we've done that whole podcast series a few months ago on uh, the coming persecution and how to be prepared for this persecution that is coming uh, for us. And now you want to talk about avoiding persecution. So why don't you tell us what's up with that? Well, as you know, in our in our church services, we just finished a series on uh, hanging in and hanging on a study of Second Timothy how the church is going to hang in and hang on during the tough times. And now we've moved into a study of the book of Revelation. And we are, in the coming Sundays, going to go through uh, Revelation 4 and 5, worship in the throne room of God, but then on to Revelation chapter 6 and forward, where we talk about the breaking of the seven seals and the difficult times that are coming. And so I thought this would be appropriate, uh, given the the subject matter, and also given the so-called signs of the times in which we live. All right, so maybe talk a little bit about what you mean by avoiding the persecution. Well, a lot of people are sort of spooked right now. Uh, and I think part of it is because of some of the uh, upheaval in the last year or two. I think COVID's part of it. I think the so-called protests and riots around the country at the Capitol and things like that. And so I'm asked a number of questions these days by different people. And I'll give you a rundown of those questions. Like, Are we in the tribulation period? Because we're seeing, and I think it's fair to say, we're seeing some increase in persecution in our own country. And another question they ask is, what can we do to resist in terms of what's coming? How can we fight back? And a third question is, and I heard Vody Bauckham even say this in a recent podcast, is the kingdom in danger? And finally, we're asked, well, what if I'm persecuted? And implicit in that question is, I think, fight or flight. How can I avoid it or how can I fight it? So let's do this. Let me start with the easy questions first. And these are legitimate, serious questions, and I understand the rationale behind them. Well, let's start with, are we in the tribulation period? And the answer to that is no, not even close. And I know these conspiracy theory people, their YouTube videos and their podcast have kind of fomented this doomsday idea. But let me ask you a couple of questions. Just look at the world around you. Forget about what people are doing. But answer this. Has the sun nearly gone out? Is the moon disfigured? Are demonic hordes roaming across the country? Has a third of the ocean and sea life and ships at sea been destroyed? A third of the salt of the fresh water been destroyed? Are comets and meteors falling out of the sky? Are the mountains shaken from their foundations? And the answer is no, not at all. And how about this? Has anyone seen this? And this is from the book of Revelation. There'd be an angel flying around the earth saying, Fear God and give him glory because the hour of judgment has come and worship him who made heaven and earth and the sea and the springs of water. Has anything remotely resembling these phenomena 
taken place. Is there a worldwide dictatorship? Are you still here? Because if you're here and a Christian, that means you miss the rapture and Christians don't miss the rapture. So the answer to that is we are not in the tribulation period. Now, people talk about how can we fight the coming of the Antichrist or the coming of these things? How can you fight the rise of the Antichrist or the decay of our culture? There is nothing you can do to prevent that. And so forget armed resistance or militias, forget forming secret societies or clandestine armed resistance. And remember why God raised you up for such a time as this, to fulfill the Great Commission. So fighting back in the normal sense of combat is not an option that's even on the table. The only way you can fight back, the only way that you should fight back is to equip yourself to explain the gospel to whoever will listen. Anything else is a waste of time. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, Keith. I think, uh, you know, as we think about the end times and, and the things that are coming, um, the only thing that we can really do is, is focus on the gospel um, and equipping ourselves better. Um, and so what about these last two questions that you had? Uh, is the kingdom in danger, which is a weird question just from my standpoint as I look at it, because uh, we, we know that uh, the kingdom should never be in danger, but uh, I'll let you elaborate on that. And then finally, uh, how, can a, how can a person avoid persecution? Okay, let's take the first one, Mark. Is the kingdom in danger? Not even close. Not even close. The church, the so-called invisible church, that's the church worldwide, is in no danger at all. That's impossible if you think it through biblically. The kingdom is not in danger. The kingdom cannot be in danger. Okay, so then what do you say about, you know, when we look at what's going on across the world? So there's church burnings in Canada. Um, these Muslim countries are persecuting Christians. Hindu countries, um, a lot the same. Uh, and then you have countries like China, North Korea, Cuba. Um, and there's so much of this persecution of Christians going on then. Yeah, and don't forget England and Scandinavia. There's persecution there as well. Well, yeah, so that's kind of the point, right? Wouldn't you say then that in some form the kingdom could be in danger because there's governments everywhere that are targeting churches and they're trying to stop churches from meeting? I mean, we've seen this here in California uh, especially. How, how do you think that the church, or I should say, why uh, do you say that the church is not in danger uh, when you, we look around and just see so much outside pressure on the church? Well, that's a great question, Mark. I'm not saying that individual churches are not suffering hardship and will not suffer hardship or persecution or even burnings. Uh, I'm not saying that life will not be difficult for Christians and Christian organizations will not be attacked. Anyone can go on their f favorite search engine like DuckDuckGo or, if necessary, Google, and uh, they'll see that there is persecution going on all over the place. But the church, capital C, is not in danger. I want you to think of that. I want to. I want to use this word picture. Think of a war with an overwhelmingly large army, an army so large and under so capable of command that it cannot lose. Does that mean that the army will not suffer casualties? So that's the church. The church will suffer casualties. Christians will be persecuted, but the church is not in danger. And that's what today's podcast is really about at its heart. And I, I want to remind us what Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18. He said this, 
I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Will the church be attacked? Yes. Will churches be burned in some parts of the world? Yes. Could it happen here? It can, and I believe it will. There will be casualties. And add to that, that we right now, if you're listening in the United States, we have the most Christ-hostile, Christian-hostile presidential administration in the history of our nation. And that's not hyperbole. Any literate person can see or read or hear that. Things will get tough under the present administration, which I suppose brings us to our last question, which is what today's podcast is about. Yeah, and I think, you know, given what we've kind of already talked about and what you just said, I think I probably know where the answer is going to come from. But uh, but why don't you just tell us, Keith, how do we avoid persecution? Okay, so what about a Christian avoiding persecution? That is a question loaded with implications. Truth be told, a person can easily, easily avoid persecution. All that person would have to do is to keep their mouths closed and not say anything about Christ or the gospel. You could ease off your church attendance, begin to neglect your spiritual disciplines like prayer, the study of God's word, and attending church in person. You could find reasons to remain silent, uncommitted, and absent from the fellowship, and you will blend in with the world around you. You will fly under the radar. You will avoid persecution. Beyond these things, you can let the government tell you when you can and can't go to church, how you may or may not worship. Now, if you do that, you will avoid persecution, but you'll slowly wither, and so will your children and loved ones. But it's unlikely you'll experience persecution, and you'll become comfortably numb, accommodating, spiritually lukewarm. But be careful, because you'll become like Laodicea in Revelation chapter 3, and you don't want to, to do that. But be careful, because you'll become like the church in Laodicea. And soon enough, you'll become comfortable without church. And you'll avoid persecution. All right. So I, I sense you saying all these things kind of tongue-in-cheek uh, to make a point, because obviously we're not going to encourage people to um, give up their church attendance, give up their spiritual disciplines and those things. However, I do think you are making a good point on, on how you avoid persecution is really to become more like the world. And so who would want to do that? And what kind of Christian um, would they really be then? Well, that's my point, Mark. What kind of Christian, what kind of Christ follower indeed would they be? I think we forget as American Christians that persecution of some kind is inevitable for the real deal Christian. It's virtually unavoidable. At least that's what Jesus says in John 15, 18 to 21. Let me read this for you. We need to think about this. Jesus says, if the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word I, that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep you yours. But all these things they will do to you on account of my name, because they do not know him who sent me. Now he's talking to his disciples there, uh, and, and it's in the discourse with the vine and the branches. But he's speaking to all Christians because he talks about the world will hate you, not just the Jewish leadership in that day, but the world today. 
you don't have to be a New Testament scholar or a Greek scholar to unpack and interpret this passage. Here, Jesus is talking to his disciples about persecution by the Jews, at least initially, but then he introduces the word world, those outside the faith, Jew and Gentile alike. If you follow Christ, if you are a Christian, then you will be persecuted, and avoiding persecution is not an option. It's not possible. And that's why you see in Matthew 16, he says, if anyone would follow me, they must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. Think about that. He goes on to say, the one who would save his life will lose it. And the one who loses his life for my sake will save it. There is no way to follow Christ without suffering hardship and persecution. And that's why you have the statements in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. There is no avoiding persecution. It is inevitable. It is inescapable for the Christian. Now, having said all this, let me caution some. You don't go looking for trouble. You don't go sticking your finger in the government's eye. You don't go bucking authority to call attention to yourself. All you have to do is honor God, serve him well, and persecution will find you. It's inescapable. Bodhi Bauckham just talked about this on the Elisa Childers podcast. We're overdue in this country. We've had 250 years in the American experiment of religious freedom. The rest of the world hasn't known that kind of freedom. And time has run out for us, and we're going to experience it to one degree or another what our brothers and sisters in Christ are experiencing around the world. Why don't you talk for a minute about what you mean when you say uh, we are due or our time has come in this country? Like, obviously, you just mentioned, you know, we've had 250 years of, of relatively free religious expression in this country. But why don't you elaborate a little bit on that point? Persecution is the rule, not the exception in most of the world. In virtually every nation, it's but ours seems to be the exception for now. Everyone who follows Christ is going to be has been marginalized at some at some level. Now, our country's founding principles have prevented this because of its systematic tolerance and freedom and its structural freedom and tolerance built into our founding documents and constitution. But our culture has shifted and changed, and those values are no longer part of the fabric of American society. And so now, I believe our time has come. Many people will experience marginalization of some kind, ostracism from th by friends and family, uh, maybe loss of job, denial of, uh, of access to higher education, or something like that. You know, persecution just isn't beheadings or physical violence, although those will come. It's often more subtle, more nuanced. It takes different shapes. But make no mistake, if Jesus is your Savior, you will be persecuted. And make no mistake, he has this all under control. So take heart in this. And this is where we don't need to be afraid. We need to be thankful. And that's one reason we're studying Revelation right now at church. This is the happiest book in the Bible because it clarifies all these things for us. So don't worry about the tribulation period. You won't see it or experience it if you're a Christian now. And don't worry about stopping the rise of the Antichrist because you can't. And don't worry about stalling the difficult days ahead, stalling them off somehow. You won't. You can't. So just read your Bible 
and understand that avoiding persecution is not an option. It can't be avoided. So redeem the time that you have now. Do what you do for the glory of God, the good of others, and for your own growth. And certainly prepare yourselves and those whom you love for persecution. Equip them. And I'd love to give these two passages from which I draw encouragement today that maybe would give our listeners some encouragement. In John 16, 33, Jesus said, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus has got this. And in Matthew 6, 27 to 34, he says this to his disciples as he moves towards the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to the span of his life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like, arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more so clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient is the day for its own trouble. What he's saying there is this. Abide in Christ keep his word, and he'll do the heavy lifting. We don't need to worry about persecution. We don't need to worry about the end times because God has told us what to expect. He has provided a way forward for us. We have his spirit, we have his word, and we have each other. And persecution will come, and that's just a fact, but we have hope. And it's not a hope like, gee, I hope it doesn't rain tomorrow. It's a hope that is a certainty that God is sovereign, that God is good, that he has this all under control, and that he is intimately involved in the affairs of our lives. Yeah, I think that's great, Keith. I think it's a great encouragement. Uh, John 16.33 is definitely one of those verses for me as well um, that I kind of remember as I think about what's coming down the pipe, especially like for me as a pastor mm -hmm. and as a young pastor, looking at what's going on in the world, realizing that... Uh, I will probably be at some point in my career on those front lines of that persecution. Uh, but just remembering that the God that we serve is in control of all of this. None of these things come as a surprise to him. Um, and, and just that encouragement from Jesus, take heart for I have overcome the world. Our hope is so much there in Jesus Christ. Uh, and that if, if we're just obedient to him and, and we follow after what he's called us to do, uh, there's really no no losing. Um, and really, I, I think of the title, Avoiding Persecution. The best way to avoid persecution is is really, I would say, um, is to, to fall more in love with Jesus. And then when that persecution does come, uh, you will be persecuted, um, but you'll understand that that suffering is, is for Christ and you'll have a different attitude walking through it. That's true, Mark. Well said. And like Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We are in good hands with Jesus, and we just need to remember that. We need to cling to that. We need to cling to what is true. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like additional resources, you can go to our resource page at www.gracetoliveradio.org and hit the resource button. 
If you have questions, I'd love to hear from you. You can email me at keith at hillside.org and I will try to answer as quickly as I can. If you'd like to learn more about Hillside Church, you can go to our website at www.hillside.org. And we'd love to have you worship with us uh, at 8 a.m. at 9.30 and 11 on Sundays. We have a young adults fellowship on uh, Monday nights. We have student ministries on Wednesday nights. Take a look at us, check us out on the website. In the meantime, as always, whatever podcast platform that you, you are listening to us on, share us with your friends. Give us a good rating. Help us to reach more people as we try to play offense for the kingdom of God. Well, this is Keith Crosby with Mark Stickler saying God bless you and God keep you.